Hey, good morning. This is our pre-Christmas Christmas, pre-Christmas service. So we've got a few things we're going to do a little differently today, but um, first I wanted to just, uh, we're getting a little feedback here. Um, in case you didn't get the email, and by the way, if you, if you want to get on the email list, you can just put your email back in the box and then it'll get passed on uh, and your name will get on the list, but um, Matt... Uh, Kenham and his wife, uh, Lauren, passed away, um, and uh, was it Friday night? And so, pray for them, pray for the family. Matt, uh, Matt and, you know, Val, his sister, goes here. Tim, his, sis, his brother, goes here. And, you know, we're all kind of been part of the Kinneman family for a long time, and, and uh, so, uh, it, it's hard. It's hard for everybody. But her fight is over. Uh, Matt texted me back. He said, you know, she's safely home. Amen. Safely home. Let, let's open our Bibles. We're going we're gonna to look at uh, two passages today mainly, starting in Luke chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 1. Uh, Luke chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 1. <clears throat> if you want to turn there and be ready for that. Uh, we finished the uh, book of Third John, and and uh, I, I was just so impressed by you know John's whole manner and and the things he was talking about in that letter. You know how he wanted to to see them face to face. He wanted to be in the same space with them and and see them in person. And and uh, you know he said to them, "Peace to you." And I'm just uh, w- we need peace. We need peace so badly in, in this day and age. But it's the peace that Jesus gives that's the real peace. He talked about friends. He talked about greeting the friends there and, and drawing them to them you know, to themselves. And, and that's kind of what we do when we greet someone. We, we draw them to ourselves. And, and, uh, but that thing he said about by name, that really struck me. We talked a lot about that uh, last week, uh, you know, knowing one another's names. And uh, should I just go around the room and see if I can get everybody's name straight? I probably wouldn't. Just because I'd be uh, so anxious and stressed out. But the name is, you know, by, it's, the definition is by what a person is called and distinguished, distinguished from others. Distinguished from others, you know. God knows your name. God knows my name. That's a special thing to know it. So what I want to talk about today is this idea of what's in a name. What's in a name? That's, that's kind of the, the theme that I have here. Uh, if I didn't go past it, there we go. What's in a name? And uh, <clears throat> don't worry, I'll get, I'll, I'll get there. Had a lot of things going on before church. I'm going to focus. I'm going to get focused now. The question is, what is your name? And and if I asked you that, you'd, you'd say, well, my name is Rich, or uh, whatever your name is. And and then if I asked you, like, how did you get that name? How did you get that name? You know, there's a lot of names. There's a lot of names that you know. There's people that make lists of the. The, the most popular names of the year. And uh, for 2022, 
uh, I found a list. This was like in April they, they tabulated this list. And, uh, you know, um, I was looking on there to see, did we make it? Did we make it on the list at all? Anybody in our church? Number one, the names were Oliver, Violet, and Willow. Some names were like, you know, can be a boy or a girl, like whatever. Number seven, Aiden. And Aiden's here today. Look at that. Aiden's back from boot camp. Soon to go back to training. And then number 10, not in here this morning, but Genevieve. Number 10. But people just pick these names. I don't know where you get the names. We choose, we choose names for our kids just because we like them, right? Well, I like the way that sounds. And then they, they grow up and they say, man, why did my parents name me that name? You know, it's such a strange name. It's weird. Sometimes we give them our own name, right? I pass on my name to, to one of my kids. Some people give their name to all their kids. You, you, you know who I'm talking about, right? And then you just have to number them after that. But you know what? What isn't a name? You know, uh, if I asked you to shout out your name, um, you know, it would be just like chaos. But if I went around the room and, and said to you one by one, what is your name? You know, when you go to like meetings and, and uh, or certain places you haven't been before and they, they make you go around the room and say what your name is and where you're from and, you know, what do you do? that kind of thing. It's kind of awkward. But it helps. It helps the people there like, oh. So if I said to you, or, and the other question I think I added to this list was what's your passion? What are you passionate about? So what's your name? Like my name is Rich. My mother called me Richard. Okay? Don't call me Richard. My wife calls me Richard. Don't call me Richard. Because only my wife and my mother, and now it's only my wife. So I say this, and then all of you are going to call me that afterwards. I already know what's going to happen. But I don't know what the name means or anything, but my mom chose it. There wasn't anybody that I know where that name came from. Where am I from? I'm from San Diego. I was born in San Diego. I was raised in San Diego. Why in the world did you leave San Diego? I know that's what some of you are thinking, but God called us here from Southern California to come here and be here. We've been here since 1988. What do I do? That's a good question. <laughs> I have no idea. What's my passion? You know, <clears throat> and the reason I'm saying my things, I want you to think about what yours are, and I, and I won't go around and put you on the spot. I would thought about it, but... Uh, what's, what's your passion? What are you, what are you passionate about? For me, uh, serving the Lord, I think, is, 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 is what my passion is, what I really just want to do. That's all I can do. Uh, writing scripture songs is, is like high up on my list. There are certain things that, you know, make us who we are and what we do and, and the heart of who we are. And, and I think that that's kind of like this idea of a name, you know, so, so if you hear 
a person's name, you think about them, you think about what you know about them. By the way, uh, you all know Brian. You all know Brian? You remember Brian? He hasn't been gone that long. <laughs> Brian was just here. I saw him two days ago. Had lunch with him. They, they sent him back out again. Uh, he was only home for a couple of weeks, and they sent him back to Newport again for like five days. So you hear the name Brian, and you think, Brian, yeah. And it, and it has a picture in your mind. Well, who is he? What does he do? He's a... He's a a Navy guy, he's a pilot, he's a, he's a commander in the Navy. Even though he doesn't look like a commander. Your name. What's in the name? You know, the scripture, in the scripture, we're going to get to the scripture in a second, but, but in the scripture, uh, names are very, very important, and, and they're loaded with meaning. And, and sometimes the names came about you know, through something that they had seen, uh, something that happened, like, for example, the name Isaac. Anybody know what the name Isaac means? Laughter. It means laughter. And, and it kind of came out of this idea, you know, they, they said, you're going to have a son, and they laughed. And then when the son came, they named him Laugh, you know. So there was this connection. Jacob, what does Jacob mean? Heel, heel catcher, heel grasper, the one who grasps the heel, because when he was born, that's what he was grabbing, his, his twin brother's heel. They had these names, and uh, you know, they, they meant something. Sometimes we give, we give nicknames, I think, to people based on what they do or who they are. Um, you know, my neighbor's nickname is Sparky. I don't know where that came from, but... He, he is quite a charge. I wonder if you have a nickname. You know, sometimes God changes names, doesn't he? Right? You see it in the Bible. You know, Jacob's name was changed to what? Israel. I like when Jesus changed Peter's name. His name was Cephas, and he changed it to Peter. He, he, he had something special. It, it meant rock. It meant that Peter was going to have a place to play. Uh, in this whole thing. So, so keeping that in mind, we're going to look at these two passages today. And, and I want you, as we read these passages, I want you to kind of study with me, go with me, and, and look for names as we go along. Look and see where it uses language like what somebody would be called. And then, and then, secondly, I want you to notice these two passages are something that's in common to both passages. I want you to think of what there's really only two or maybe three uh, that I want to focus on. So think about that. Look for names as we go, and then we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna test you at the end. Okay, so let's start in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. <clears throat> it's amazing how many names you're going to see, but, but, but look at the names and... and uh, We'll, we'll talk about it in the sixth, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Now the angel Gabriel, you know, he shows up on the scene here. He had already uh, 
you know, spoken back to Zechariah, you know, Elizabeth and that whole situation, you know, about John the Baptist. Uh, but it was a virgin that was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. We're, so we're looking at Mary and Joseph. And, and we think Mary and Joseph at Christmas time, it kind of like comes, Mary and Joseph, you know, we have our little crash scenes uh, in the back of the church, uh, you know, different places. Mary and Joseph, though, the, these two people, they were engaged, but they had not had relations. Now, to be engaged with somebody in, th- in those days, it was more binding than what we call engagement today. It was, it was like you were pretty much married, and you, the only way you could get out of it was by a divorce. Even though they hadn't consummated that marriage, they were, they were bound. So, in, in many cases now, uh, the marriages were arranged. Sometimes when they were just kids, they would arrange these marriages. And then about a year before they were actually married, they would have this uh, betrothal period. Now, one thing I, I can't pass up because it's such a crucial uh, doctrine here is the doctrine of the virgin birth. It says it that there was a virgin. It says it twice in there. When it says virgin, it means virgin. It means not just a young woman. It means somebody who has not had a sexual relationship. The virgin birth is a crucial foundational doctrine for, for the faith by what we believe in. Jesus, this child that was born, is not an ordinary person, an ordinary man born in the ordinary way. That would make him a sinner just like you and me. He would be no different than you or me. So he was born of a virgin. Look at verse 28. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The first thing he says is, You who are highly favored. In the picture here, and the word that is used there, of favored is the word grace. Mary was favored. She was given grace. And what the, the very definition of grace is what? Getting something you, you do not deserve. Now, speaking about Mary, this person Mary, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of misconceptions. I think there's, we can go to one extreme or the other where we can lift her up to the fact that she's just completely sinless and, and perfect. Or we can kind of downplay her where she really doesn't mean anything at all. But, but it's really kind of somewhere in the middle. God poured his grace out on her, but she was a very special person. We're going to see by her response to this whole picture, this whole thing that comes about, how she reacted to it at all. Because you have to understand, Mary was kind of shook up. It says here she was troubled. She was greatly troubled when... This angel shows up and speaks to her. It's kind of understandable. It's not every day that the angel Gabriel shows up. If you were at home and an angel showed up and spoke to you, what would you say? What would you do? It's understandable. But this is how important, this is how radical that this this whole situation was here. And, 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 you know, the the problem is, is that we, we talk about it every year. We celebrate it every year. It becomes kind of like rote. It becomes kind of like just, you know, oh, I know all about that. And we lose the wonder. We lose the, 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 the radical nature of, of what it is that we're talking about when we look at, when we think about it. 
So the angel Gabriel, he shows up, and what does he say in verse 30? <clears throat> the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. In other words, it's grace. It's all grace that you have been chosen. And he says this in verse 31, You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, the angel Gabriel says to Mary. Got to be a little bit scary. She's still young. She's probably only maybe 17, maybe somewhere in that age range, give or take. And an angel shows up and like, what would you say? What would you do? Like, but he calls her by name and, and, and he says to her, you know, you have... You know, the grace has been poured out on you, and do not be afraid. This, this whole thing that's going to happen could create fear in your life, but don't let it. Why? Because grace conquers fear. Because what I'm doing in your life is, it, it's very special, it's extraordinary. You could say that about what's going on in your life and in my life as well. When God is working in my life, it's extraordinary. It's miraculous, really. When God speaks to you, and I believe God speaks today. I believe he does. I, he, I believe he will speak to you if you're listening. He speaks to me when I'm listening. I think about this sometimes. You know, the trials come, and I find that I'm listening more when the trials come than when, than when everything is all, you know, easy. Why is that? We should be listening all the time. But anyways, God speaks and God speaks to her and he says, do not be afraid. He uses the angel to speak to her and says, do not be afraid. He says, you're going to be with a child. You're going to be, you're going to have a son. She's, she's engaged, but she has no, had no relations. And so it's like, wait, what? Where did that phrase come from? I hear people saying, wait, what? I think that's what she said. Wait. And, and he says, no, you are going to have a son. Can you imagine her reaction? Like, this is like, whoa. And you're to give them the name Jesus. Verse 32. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. This is the son that you are going to have. He's, he's no ordinary son. He, he's going to be great. He's, going, he's the son of the Most High. He is going to reign forever and ever. His kingdom will never end. How would you react? 17 years old. This is what she says, verse 34. How will this be? Some of, the, some of the people who wrote about this said she wasn't expressing doubt. She was just wanting to know how it would happen. How could it happen, possibly? Like with Zechariah, you know, he doubted and he was like made speechless until the child was born and he gave the child the name John, like he was supposed to. So they were comparing between the two. Well, well, she didn't doubt, but I don't know. 
She says, how is this possible? How can this happen? He says, since I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. This idea of, of overshadowing, it means to like cover with like a cloud. Like the cloud in, in, in you know, the Old Testament times and, and the cloud that came upon the, the temple when it was built and the Shekinah glory of God. It was this glorious thing that God was doing. Radical, impossible, incredible. Nothing like it ever before. Nothing like it since. The Holy One of God. Verse 36, the angel goes on to say, Gabriel says, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Humanly speaking, completely impossible for, for this child, for this woman, this young woman to have a child, completely impossible, no way. Not going to happen. But nothing is impossible with God. You see, this is is on a whole complete different plane that God was doing something here. And the angel was saying, listen, nothing is impossible with God. And I think that's something you and I need to remember in our own daily lives. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. We were facing a situation uh, a few weeks back and, and it was just like it's impossible. And I saw this verse in a, in a, a devotional, in this idea, this concept. Nothing is possible, God. And you know what? God did the impossible. Not once, but twice. And I go, okay, I get it. I get the message. Forgive me for not you know, trusting you, knowing that you could do something that, that, that we could never imagine. What, what does it say in Ephesians? Uh, you know, beyond our imagination. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or imagine. That's what our God can and will do. And that's what he's done here. This is an impossible situation. You know, we, we, again, we have the creches on the corner. We have it in our church or whatever. We just look at it all, the baby Jesus born. This was a, a completely impossible situation. This is, not, this is not an ordinary situation here. And Mary's response, let's look at that before we turn to Matthew. Verse 38, Mary's response was this, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. Don't you love that? What a response that is. I mean, that is, there's something special about that. That's why I said she's a special person. Just that response. God knew what her heart would be. She says, I'm just, I'm just a servant. Whatever you want to do, may it be as you have said. And, and, and what a heart that is for you and I to emulate. To be, I'm just a servant, God. Whatever you want. Whatever you want in my life, whatever direction you want to take me, however you want to use my life, I'm just your servant. That's that's all. That is a heart that you and I should emulate and follow, listen to. 
So now let's turn to the passage number two. God spoke to Mary right here in Luke chapter one and, and chronologically this, right, this is, appears to be first, right? Because in Matthew chapter one, the situation is kind of down the road a little ways and, and let's, let's pick it up in Matthew chapter one, verse 18. <clears throat> I find it interesting too uh, that God speaks to both Mary and Joseph. And, and sometimes, you know, I remember when we were uh, teaching at the Bible school and, and this guy uh, said, you know, God told me that I'm supposed to marry, you know, this girl. And did they ever get married? No, they never got married. Why? Because God never told her that. It, God speaks to... He can and he does speak to both. So he speaks to Mary first and then he speaks to Joseph. Is there some significance in the Mary first? I don't know. Maybe the women are listening more closely. She, you know, Joseph got his attention. God got Joseph's attention, I should say, because of what happened, the situation. Look at it in verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, before they had relations, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. That was the only way he was going to get it. But he didn't want to like make a big issue and, and put a lot of shame upon her. But... But God spoke to him, and, and it wasn't until this kind of like, kind of blew up in a sense. Wait, wait, what? First Mary says, wait, what? Now Joseph says, wait, what? You, you, you're pregnant? Now, that's not good. That's not a good situation here. Now Joseph's listening, Right? He's kind of, it says later, he's thinking about all these things. He's, he's you know contemplating all this stuff. Verse 20, an angel comes to him in a dream. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Do not be afraid. The angel, now we don't know what angel this is, doesn't tell us, is this Gabriel again? Some think maybe it was. We don't know. But an angel of the Lord appeared and, and, and spoke to Joseph in a dream. He kind of had to knock him out before he could really speak to him or whatever. Uh, I don't know, maybe us husbands are a little thick uh, at times and the wives are a little tuned in uh, more spiritually. Uh, wives, please don't use that against your husband. Um, and hammer on him because, oh, because Richard said that you are thick, so you're not listening. No, don't do that, please, because those guys are going to come beat me up. But the angel says, do not be afraid. In other words, this is a work of God. Don't be afraid. Joseph says it to Joseph as well. And then verse 21 says, the angel says, she will give birth to a son. 
And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Incredible. Joseph woke up. And what did he do? He did what God told him to do through the angel. Sometimes we need to wake up Hey, God's been trying to tell you something for a while and and you just need to wake up. God's been speaking to you and and Joseph woke up and he just did it. That was Joseph's response. We looked at Mary's response. I'm just your servant. Joseph's response, whatever you tell me to do. And And he went ahead and he did. He took Mary's wife as his wife. And then later, after the baby was born, he gave him the name Jesus. He gave him the name Jesus. So, Let me test you now. Now it's time to test you. Did did you see all the names that came out in this passage? I know you didn't write them down or anything, but but there's a lot of names in there. But I want to focus on one name because mainly the the main name, the main theme here is what? Is who? It's Jesus, of course. So in the the message uh, to Mary... Let's focus in on, on the names relating to Jesus. What names do we, do we see? Just call them out. Jesus, of course. Son of the Most High. It didn't use that word there. Emmanuel. Oh, that's Matthew. I have it written down here. Hmm? You got to speak up. I can't hear you. The name's focused on Jesus now. Pardon? Okay, let me help you out. Here we go. (laughs) Jesus, number one, he was called Great. He was called the Son of the Most High. He was called the Holy One. He was called the Son of God. In the Matthew passage, just two, Jesus... In Emmanuel. So let me ask you, when you put all these things together, what do you get? It's astounding. It's miraculous. It's incredible. It's God, isn't it? Like the last word, Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is, this is the Son of the Most High. This is Jesus, God the Son. This is not just the little baby that was born in Bethlehem. And, you, and, and again... Uh, You know, like what's in a name? Now, let me ask you, let's see how you do on this one. What is common in both passages spoken both to Mary and also to Joseph? There's two mainly that I want to say. Number one, the first thing was what? (laughs) Somebody have it. Three words. 
Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. There's a lot of fear in this world. And, and for this young couple, can you imagine? Can you imagine? that They were going to face persecution here. Just because the way this whole thing came about, they were going to face a lot of trouble and trial. In fact, Mary was told at some point, you know, your heart's going to get pierced because of what you're going through, because of this son that you have. So that's number one. What was number two that the angel said to both Mary and Joseph? Give him the name Jesus. Give him the name Jesus. That's incredible, isn't it? You know, give him the name. You were to give him the name Jesus. Now, what's in a name? You know, the, the name Jesus is, is a, it's a Greek. It was a kind of a common name. It was the Greek form of, of Joshua, right? The Hebrew name Joshua. And, and the word when you, when you look at the name Joshua, and we think of Joshua in the Old Testament, you know, the guy that took them into the promised land, crossed the river and, and all that. He was kind of like a, a, a person that, that brought them in. Well, Jesus is the same, but, but the name Joshua is really a contraction of, of two words. One is Yah, and the second is Shua. And it means Yah is a, is a, a, a shortened form of the, of the name Yahweh. Right, and Shua is a is a is for the a verb that means to save. So when you think about the name Jesus, you just think, oh Jesus. But it, the the name has meaning. What is in a name? It, a whole lot. It means that Jesus or Yahweh saves. We looked at all those names and we saw the name, the Son of the Most High. We saw, you know, that that excuse me, Emmanuel, that God is with us. Yahweh saves, and when Jesus came, that's exactly what. What was happening here? God was coming down to save us, to save you, to save me in, a, in an incredibly miraculous way. He told, he told uh, Joseph because he will save his people from their sins. He says the name, you know, Jesus isn't just a name. He says you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That's, that's his mission. His name describes his mission, someone said. So sad people use the name of Jesus as a swear word, isn't it? So sad. And some of us even do it, you know. Oh, you know, we just use the, the name of God, the name of the Lord. And it's using the name of the Lord in vain. Please, please catch yourself. Protect yourself from, from using that name because it's a very special name. It's an incredible name. It, it means that God saves. He's going to save his people from their sins. He's going to save you and me from our sins. It, you know, you and I are sinners. The, the, the sooner we recognize that, the sooner the world sees. You know, we're sinners. We're lost. It says in Luke chapter 19, the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. We're lost. We're sinners. And, and only Jesus can save us. There's no other way to be saved. There's no other way of rescue. There's no humanistic, socialistic uh, you know, doctrine that's going to put our lives together and put us on a path to, you know, health, wealth, and happiness. It's Jesus and Jesus only that's going to help and save you and me. What's in a name? 
I want you to think about that. What's in the name? And in this case, everything. 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 What's in the name? Everything. What's in your name? Eh, a little bit. Comparatively, right? But in the name of Jesus, everything is there. Philippians, uh, we, we, we sang it in one of our songs today. Philippians says that, that he has the name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, what? Every knee will bow. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. At the name of Jesus, every knee, not, not just those that become Christians, not every knee will eventually bow, but so much better to do it now. That determines our eternal destiny. We bow before the name of Jesus now or we will bow later, but, but then it's too late. We've made our decision. And to not make a decision is a decision. Acts chapter 2. In the, in the sermon there, it says this, everyone who calls, what? On the name of the Lord will be saved. On the name of the Lord Jesus, they're referring to Jesus, they're preaching about Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 10 says the exact same thing. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, on the name of Jesus, will be saved. Later on in Acts chapter 4, more in a sermon, <clears throat> a message that was given, it says this, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. There's no other name. There's no other path. There's no other way. Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life. What's in a name? Everything. In the name of Jesus, everything. We have no, we have no hope. Uh, in in uh, Matthew chapter 12, it says that Isaiah prophesied that in his name, the nations will put their hope. Luke chapter 24, repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem in the name, what name, in whose name, in the name of Jesus. John chapter 1, a verse that I, I, I think and, and I quote a, a lot. Yet to all who received him, that's Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right. God gave the right to become children of God. That's how we're saved. That's how we become born again and children of God, by, by receiving him and believing in his name, the name of Jesus. John wrote later, These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. In his name, life. How do you have life? It's in his name, in the name of Jesus. Yahshua, the one who saves. Yahweh saves Jesus. So many other things we could go on and on and on, but, but we pray in his name. We have healing. We, we see in Acts chapter 3, healing by faith in the name of Jesus. We see deliverance in the name of Jesus in Acts chapter 16. But I want to close with one verse because it, it really struck me. And, and, and if you'll turn with me to Acts chapter 21. That's only ahead of, what, four books? Acts chapter 21. I'm sure you can find that. Acts chapter 21. 
Paul is, is uh, <clears throat> he's out on a preaching tour, but uh, he was, he was kind of getting into quite a lot of hot water because of his message, because of him preaching the gospel about Jesus Christ. And, and actually there was a prophet, uh, it says in verse 10, his name was Agabus, he came from Judea. And it says, coming over to us, he took Paul's belt and he tied his own hands and feet with it. And he said, the Holy Spirit says, in this way, the Jews of Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. You're going to get into hot water. You're going to be, you know, locked up. Verse 12, when we heard this, we and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. Don't go. And then Paul answered, verse 13, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? He says, I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem. For what? For the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm ready to die. He's willing to die for the name of Jesus. I wonder if you and I have that same kind of a heart. We saw the heart of Mary. I'm your servant. Be unto me just as you have said. And, and, and Joseph, he, he does what God asks him to do. But Paul, he says, you know what? There isn't anything more important. I'm willing to die if that's what I need to do to, to, to finish my course. He says that at the end of his life in 2 Timothy, he says, you know, I've I've run the, the race. I fought the good fight. I, I've kept the faith. He got to the end of his race and he, he held on to his faith. He did what, what God wanted him to do. And sure enough, he, he, he died for the name of Jesus. Is that happening here today in our country? No. But sometimes we have trouble just, you know, standing up for the name of Jesus. And we're not going to die for it, but but you know what? Around this globe, there are people who are dying for the name of Jesus today. We don't hear about it much. We don't know about it much. What's in a name? Everything. Amen? I mean, let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent your son. This was too important to do it any other way. You, you sent your only begotten son and gave him the name Jesus, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And, and this is the way. This is the truth. And this is the life. In the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. Father, I pray uh, that as we celebrate, we, we can come to this, you know, we're, we're so caught up in all the other stuff, the gift giving, and that's good. And the decorating, and that's good. But what about the, the truth of what this is really all about is Jesus, Yahweh, saves the Lord is salvation. Father, I pray you'd give us boldness and opportunity to, to speak to the people around us that, hey, you know, you know what Christmas is really all about? 
This baby, born of a virgin, came to save his people from their sins. That's really what it's all about. Maybe God's telling us not to be afraid and, and just speak it out. This is a yearly opportunity for us to speak out about the name of Jesus. That he and, that he and, that, and the name of his is, is the most important thing in, in all of history, in all of life, in, in, in my life, in your life as well. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for, for many to, to surrender and bow the knee before this Savior, this King, this Holy One of God, Son of the Most High, and worship Him. Maybe that's you today. You, you've never just surrendered. and you, you, you just don't, you don't have it. You're lost. You're without any hope in this world, in this life. You can, you can become one of his and by simply receiving, like I quoted, receiving and believing in the name of Jesus. And you will become a child of God. Just let him into your life. Let him into your heart. He came. He lived the perfect, sinless life. He died upon the cross and he was buried and rose from the dead that we might have life in his name. It's in his name we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing together about this great name that we have, the name of Jesus. Jesus.